Welcome to God Signs, the broadcast ministry of Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. The purpose of the society is to further the work of God by doing all they can to help translate the entire Bible into every known sign language in the world, so that someday every deaf person on earth will finally have full access to the Word of God in their native language. I'm Marshall Lawrence, and it's my joy to introduce you to your host for this journey today, Chantelle Pagan. She's a remarkable young woman, and I think you're really going to enjoy what she has to share with you today. She's going to start out with a really good question for you. Chantelle? Well, what are you placing your hope in today for your future? What, what's that look like? Is it in government, education, educational systems, plans and organization? where you work. I know for me, as a person, um, my hope is in a person, Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about that today. I want to have a real conversation. So if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheels and eyes on the road. But if you're at home, um, grab a cup of coffee. We're about to have an incredible conversation with an incredible individual. So get ready. Um, I have hope and I know that one day I'm going to go to heaven. Right here and right now in this present life, I have access to God's word and his presence to help guide me every day, to let me know what does this life journey look like? What should I be expecting? And what can I look with anticipation, encouragement, joy, and hope for what's to come after I'm no longer here. But suppose I didn't have God's word, I didn't have a Bible to give me that assurance and to daily plant good words in my mind and in my heart to be my heartbeat, my breath, um, and my passion. Today, I would like for us to just expose ourselves to scripture found in Romans, Romans chapter 8, um, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first among, um, among the brethren, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall bring the charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. That passage is so convicting to me personally. Um, Just such a solid reminder of what we find in Christ Jesus. That he came, he died, he has a plan, and he has a hope for us. Without God's word, I don't know what I would do. I don't know where I would be. I know that there is a plan of redemption, a plan for expectancy of only good things. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know this Jesus that I'm referring to, I encourage you to get to know him. Find a Bible. There are over 400 translations in the English language. But today we're going to have a conversation about Bibles in sign languages. And currently, there's not one full translation. And so with that at the forefront of our mind, I'd like to introduce to you um, our guest, a pastor, um, a friend to many, an encourager, an incredible communicator, um, Pastor Louis Giglio. Louis, we're so happy to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. What a privilege. And uh, man, that passage of Scripture lit me up already. So I'm excited that that's the way you open the show today. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're in Texas, so for those of you listening in other parts of the U.S., we're um, tuning in and here right here out of Texas. And so, as you shared earlier, that's not far from your heart and birth and ministry and and what life kind of has looked like for you in growing the passion movement. Am I right? Yeah. So I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, which is actually a place with hills and trees and four seasons, unlike Texas. (laughs) And I came to the Dallas-Fort Worth area for grad school after I finished college. And man, it was a culture shock. I came to the edge (laughs) of Fort Worth. And I felt like literally from my apartment in Fort Worth, Texas, I could see Albuquerque, New Mexico. I mean, it was just like flat and barren to the west. But I met a girl here and fell in love. And so I'm really, really glad I came to grad school in Texas. And then we ended up in Texas for a decade together doing campus ministry at Baylor University, where she did her undergrad and I went to grad school after grad school. And, you know, due to some very difficult circumstances that we don't have time for, and my family and my dad's health, uh, we ended up leaving Texas, going back to Atlanta. And it was in that season of my dad dying, and a lot of confusion and a lot of cloudiness uh, in, in my life, a lot of fog, if you will, that the vision for passion was born. And a lot of times that happens in our lives. We go through these very difficult, dark seasons And out of the confusion, if you will, God brings forth a plan. And in 1995, the vision of passion Mm -hmm. was born. And 23 years later, we're still pursuing that vision and still living in Atlanta, Georgia. But I claim uh, Texas. I'm married Texas, and I'm pretty happy about it. Yes, that's so good. Uh, What a good word. Just the Lord, just in the midst of probably some difficult things, he's still working out good and giving us such a bright hope and such a bright future. And I just would be interested in in learning how did you come to be a partner and learn about Deaf Bible Society? Well, we've fortunately been swept into the Bible translation movement in the last 10 years. I have a really dear friend who heads up Illuminations with a few other partners 
introduced us to the seed company, to fast track translation, to accelerated translation, and we immediately got involved. Uh, several years ago, Passion put Bible translation on the forefront. We're a a Jesus-focused movement, but what we say at Passion is worship and justice are two sides of the same coin. So when you gather 10 or 20 or 50,000 college-age young people in a stadium or an arena, it shouldn't just be about songs, and it shouldn't just be about what I experience inside the building or what God speaks to me through one of these amazing speakers. Cities should change when 40,000 people come together in Jesus' name. Nations should change. Things should change. And so justice is always up at the forefront. Jesus is the center, but justice moves to the forefront, and justice takes a lot of shapes. And one of those shapes for us has been Bible translation. I remember one year at Passion holding up um, a Bible, and everyone just assumed by the fact that it was leather-bound and gold-gilded on the edges that it was a Bible, just like the one you're holding in your hand. Uh, Most people from church world know, oh, you've got a Bible in your hand. But I said, this is the Bible for most of the peoples on planet Earth. Mm. And I opened the book, and every page was blank. And you could literally hear the air go out of the building as people realized in a tangible way what it must be like to live your whole lifetime without any portion of Scripture. Not, not only not the Bible, not Psalm 23, not John 3.16, nothing that you can read in your heart language. And I remember that year, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but we would have given hundreds of thousands of dollars that year, college students, poor college students. Uh, towards Bible translation and towards specific people groups that we wanted to be the ones to put the wind in the sail of the team that was translating for that people group. And that's been a part of our story, and it's grown and morphed over time, and fortunately has led us to the wonderful opportunity to engage the deaf community around the world and to get educated, if I'm honest. I don't think most people in America have a clue, A, how many deaf people are in the world, and that there are multiple deaf sign languages or multiple sign languages in the world. Everyone thinks, oh, there's just sign language. And so when that opportunity came to us uh, in the last two years, we were thrilled uh, to say, man, we want to, A, bring awareness, because that's the best thing passion can do. When you put 10, 20, 50,000 people on a spot, you can change awareness overnight especially with the beauty of social media. So we just Mm -hmm. wanted to make people aware, hey, there's a beautiful opportunity. There are a lot of wonderful uh, people who are deaf and seeking the God who loves them and created them for a relationship with him, and we can be a part of that story. And man, uh, last year at Passion was one of the most powerful moments in the history of Passion. Yeah, and... What were your thoughts? I mean, after that moment happened with sweet Ira from the Philippines, so vibrant, just such a testament to God actively working amongst deaf people to make himself known and famous and to be glorified. But after all the passion movement in terms of the conference kind of settled down and the rawness was probably settled in, what were your thoughts what were your team's thoughts about that moment? Just to go back to the moment for a moment, because uh, some people are like, well, what, what was, was the, the moment? moment? <laughs> you know, what happened? Um, I think the, the beauty of it was we told Ira's story via a wonderful short film. Yeah. And Ira, if you don't know her, you should meet her, by the way. 
she is just full of life and light. She's one of the most vibrant people that you could ever be around. It's obvious why God is using her. She's just a magnet of a person. But she came to know God in a real way and started wanting to communicate the story of the gospel to her friends. And now all of a sudden people are meeting Jesus, people's lives are being changed, and she's a catalyst for what God is doing. We tell her story, it's powerful. But like all good passion stories, she walks up on stage Mm -hmm. from the Philippines into State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's linked to these other venues we have around the country. And um, we have a great conversation together, and it's all interpreted um, for the deaf, and so we're having this this multi-language conversation happening, and at the end of which we knew we wanted Ira to pray, because we were about to do a giving mm. for Deaf Bible Society Acceleration, and we wanted her to pray for it. And I remember the conversation, and it's nobody's brilliant idea, it's just the Lord, but I remember the conversation was, okay, so she'll pray, and it'll be interpreted in sign language, and then that will be uh, interpreted in real uh, in voice language. So everyone will know what she's praying, and I, was like, I said, no, let's just let her pray in her language, because we love to do that, not just sign language, but if someone's from Ukraine there, I would love mm. to just pray in Ukrainian, or if someone's from Africa there, just pray in Zulu, or... Pray in your tongue because that helps us feel the global community of faith. So Ira, in an arena of 17,000 people, linked together with 42,000 people, prays in sign language. And I'm going to go out there and say it was one of the three or four most holy moments in the 23-year history of Passion. Not only could you hear a pin drop, you couldn't hear a pin drop because Ira is very, very... um, excited about her prayer. And so I I hear her making, you know, these different sounds as her hands are touching and that's powerful. Mm -hmm. But the whole, the spirit of God just falls on the place. And then there's an amen. And I mean, you just look, I can look from the stage or just tears coming down eyes in every direction. And this is the beauty of heaven. It's the beauty of our story. It's the beauty of Jesus. He is a God of all people, of every language and of all nations. And when we say every tongue, sometimes we think, oh, Italian and Afrikaans and whatever, whatever, but we don't think that sign language is a tongue. And it's one of the tongues that is coming now to worship Jesus and praise him. And that moment all of a sudden was crystal clear Mm. to all of us in, in that building. And, you know, Ira just... She's just an instrument, but she's a powerful tool in the hands of God. And that was the moment and one of the great moments of my life. I was so honored to be standing nearby in that moment. And I don't remember what your question was about what happened after that moment, but that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, same. I had the privilege of being there, and it was breathtaking. It was encouraging. It was more than a spark. It was fire. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that was probably the consensus of just about every person. 100%. That was there. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a pulse, you were moved by that. Didn't didn't need to know Jesus. Didn't need to be, you know, a part of our story yet. You, if you were in the building, you were moved by that moment. Perfect. And yeah, passion has been that. They've been a wind in the sails for Ira for deaf people in the Philippines, but now in many other countries as well. We're seeing deaf people being encouraged and sharpened by the scriptures 
that we do have translated in their heart sign languages, and it's incredible. So what are your thoughts? I mean, we've, you briefly mentioned just how instrumental God's Word is to the ministry that you do, how you live and breathe and your actions. What are your thoughts of the impact for not having a Bible in your language for deaf people? What, what does that look like to you in terms of what are their communities likely facing not having this as a go-to? I think a few things, and I certainly can't speak for what someone in the deaf community would, how they would answer this question, but all of us have deficits. Every single one of us has a disability of some kind, a deficit that we're up against today, whichever word you feel most comfortable with. I'd just say we all have deficits, but some are visible, and when you're deaf, it's visible. You have to function in public in your deficit. And people know, oh, there's something they would say, quote, wrong with that person, um, which there isn't anything wrong with that person except that they can't hear. Other people can't hear, and they actually can hear, but they still can't hear. So That's all of us have a deficit, but, but it's easier to hide a lot of our deficits. And when you have a friend of mine just lost her leg, 17-year-old precious girl in our church, she has a very visible deficit now. She's getting a prosthetic leg. She's going to the homecoming dance in a wheelchair this year. And so she has to face a whole future of people not pointing with their finger, but pointing with their heart. Now, bless her, she has uh, a deficit. And I just think it's a tragedy because um, I've been in that situation. I've had uh, disabled uh, people in my own family. And I watch the way people look at them and react to them, and it's just awkward a lot of times. And so, A, I think the deaf community, bless them, they have a, a visible deficit. And unfortunately, that makes life tough sometimes. So they're already wanting to know, do I fit in? Am I valued? Am I a person of worth? Uh, does God see me? Do people see me? People seem to walk the other way when I'm around. They don't know what to do. They can't talk to me in sign language, so they just don't talk to me. And I think that the, the, the gospel story is everyone is beautiful to God, created in his image and loved by him. And it overwhelms every deficit, the internal ones like our sin and any external deficit that we might be struggling with in our lives. So, A, I just, you know, you have to have a, a place in your heart to reach towards people and then to say to them, the thing that you need most is to know how valuable you are. The thing mm -hmm. you, you need most is to know how much potential you have. Mm -hmm. The thing you need most is to know what you can do, not what you can't do. Mm -hmm. I remember walking into Nan's hospital room and I uh, just said, Nan, I just have two words for you. I can. There may be some things you can't do today, but there are a lot of things you can do starting right now. And I want you to start focusing on what you can do. And that's what the Word of God does. The Word of God mm. takes the spotlight off of our deficit, whether it's our sin or our selfishness or um, our inability to see well or our inability to make good decisions. <laughs> and it puts the spotlight on God who is beautiful and amazing and kind and gracious and who is powerful. And then it awakens us to what it means to let him live inside of us. And without that, 
we're left to ourselves. And left to ourselves, none of us are going to be everything we were created to be. So I can't imagine living in the silence of not knowing the value of God spoken over my life. And that's not to say that's what the Bible is about, about speaking value over our lives. It's about the glory of God. Mm -hmm. But this glorious God speaks the most excessive, beautiful, amazing value over each one of us. And so um, I can't imagine living without it. I, it's hard to believe that somehow by the grace of God we have it. What a, what a privilege mm -hmm. that you have one sitting right in front of you that you can read. I have one. I have one on my phone right now and one in my backpack and one on my desk. And to think that it's possible that uh, it, it's a reality that someone in the world right now doesn't have access to that voice of God speaking his intrinsic value over and into their heart. It's, uh, it's a very difficult thing to imagine. Yeah, it's a hard reality. And I'm encouraged by your statement of I can. And so for any person listening, you can. And for any deaf person watching, you can. And Christ, he sees you. He made you in his image, and you're good. And we're excited by that. So for those of you who are wondering, you know, how, what does Scripture call us to be and to do? It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I encourage you, continue to ask yourself, how can I bring good news to others in whatever circumstances they're facing, whatever deficit, like you shared, Lee, that we're encountering how can I be a bearer of the good news of Jesus Christ every single day? Here at Deaf Bible Society, our mission, our vision is to see deaf people know Jesus intimately through his word, to have access, to know that they're loved, valued, and that they have a place in the kingdom, and that they themselves can be pastors and missionaries and teachers, and the Lord has designed them with these intrinsic values that are him. Um, and we're encouraged by that. So thank you. Thank you for being here today, Louie. Thank you so much. It's a real privilege and a joy. And I just, uh, I just want to echo that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the word of God and the promise of God over every one of our lives today. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through the centuries, this verse has encouraged Christian missionaries, church builders, and anyone facing a monumental task for the kingdom of God to keep on going. It's not a statement of pride, but of humility. There's no greater privilege given to humans than the opportunity to be in His service for a cause greater than ourselves. The people at Deaf Bible Society have dedicated themselves to the cause of translating the Bible into all the world's sign languages so that deaf people everywhere will someday see God's truth on the fingertips of those who communicate just like them. Would you please help in this work? Listen to the heart of God today. Would he ask you to give to this great cause to spread his truth to the deaf? Please visit GodSigns.com and let God lead you to the unreached deaf people group he would have you assist and then get involved through your gift to help translate the Bible into that unique signed language. This is important work. Please join us today at GodSigns.com. Thank you so much. Now with some closing thoughts, here's Chantel. I hope this word was encouraging for you today. The scriptures that we touched on, the 
hard realities that we're facing. God is here and we are more than conquerors. He is working in and through his people. And so today I encourage you, visit deafbiblesociety.com hope if you wanna experience the moment that we talked about today. Check it out, be encouraged, and move forward today with the truth and the reality that Jesus loves you, you are seen, you are known, and you can be a bearer of the good news of Jesus Christ. Be his hands and feet and go in love. Thank you, Chantel. And thank you for listening. The program you just heard has been translated into American Sign Language and uploaded to our website at godsigns.com. So tell your deaf friends and family members that this great resource exists for them at godsigns.com. And yes, this is the same site you can visit to plug in and find a sign language Bible translation project you want to support. On behalf of Deaf Bible Society, I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you.